My name is Adam. I'm a Navy SEAL, a warrior forged by sweat, grit, and a relentless pursuit of excellence. Home is where my heart lies, with my loving wife and two beautiful daughters. They are my beacon of light amidst the darkest of storms, my anchor in turbulent seas. The serenity of a quiet evening was shattered by the shrill ring of a phone. I knew what it meant, duty was calling. A quick goodbye kiss to my girls, a firm embrace with my wife, and I was off, boarding the Black Hawk with my team of eleven hardened seals, men I trusted with my life. Our destination was an oil rig in the middle of the ocean, a mechanical behemoth now shrouded in unnerving silence. All communication had abruptly ceased, and it was our job to find out why. As we landed on the rig, we were met not by the expected crew, but by something far more terrifying, an unknown aquatic creature of monstrous proportions. Its scales shimmered with a menacing iridescence, its eyes burning with a predatory intelligence. The rig had become its kingdom. We, the invaders, were met with relentless fury. The creature lunged, its vast form whipping through the air, and my brothers fell one by one. The rig, groaning under the strain of the battle and the creature's monstrous weight, was a ticking time bomb, ready to explode at any moment. In the midst of the chaos, I remembered my training. A creature of the ocean would likely have a sensitivity to sound, a weakness we could exploit. I rallied the remaining men, directing them to create a cacophony. We fired into the metal walls of the rig, the deafening echoes reverberating through the structure. The creature, disoriented in invisible pain, retreated, fleeing back into the depths from which it came. We, the surviving two, were left amidst the wreckage of the rig, the bodies of our fallen brothers a stark reminder of the cost of our victory. We returned to base, the grim silence filled with unspoken grief. Ten of my brothers had fallen, men of honor and courage. But we had survived, had fought an unknown terror and emerged victorious. As I embraced my wedding family, their joy was tinged with sadness, a reflection of the heavy price of the duty we bore. We were in Skykomish overnight in July 2007 for an event, and there also happened to be some kind of town reunion so the hotel was full. My youngest was almost one and woke up crying and simply would not stop, which was unusual for her. I grew concerned that she would wake up people in the rooms nearby so went out to the car to drive around a bit, thinking that might soothe her to sleep. Skykomish is a tiny mountain town on Highway 2, along the Skykomish River, and the railroad does stop there for freight. It consists of a four-block square of streets, and a bridge crosses over the river to Highway 2, which I would not cross since I didn't want to be on the highway at night. Around and around, slowly and with the window down as it was warm, I drove the square, while my baby was quiet but she would immediately cry if I went back to park at the hotel. Back we went, and the entire time I could hear the frantic cries of birds yet could never see them. This twittering never stopped, and it didn't sound like bats, yet I still don't know what birds were crying in the dark like that. 
The strangest part was that I could drive alongside the rail yard, in full view of the trains, tracks, and buildings, where I could hear clanging and men talking, which seemed comforting except that I never spotted a single person. There were lights, and train engines were running, yet all this bustling activity never revealed the sight of a single person. The worst part for me was that my baby never did go back to sleep until after daybreak, so I was out the entire night among all the unknown noises. As I said, I don't think it was supernatural, but I wish I knew what the sounds were. I thought of it a couple years ago when a young woman named Giafuda disappeared there and was feared dead, yet was found eight nine days later alive, sitting naked next to the river with no memory of where she'd been. I will never stay overnight there again. I'm from Oslo City in Norway, but when I was a teenager, we moved to a bit more remote place about 30 minutes outside the city. Mostly houses and woods, and moose, badger, fox, wolf and lynx around. But mostly lots of roe deers, whose way used to humans. No farms and stables in the nearby area. No homeless people in the teens who snuck out usually hung around the mall to steal fresh delivered Napoleon cake from the bakery's loading dock. We lived quite central by a mall, school and such. There was a small forest behind our house, maybe five kilometer radius. One summer, two friends and I went camping for one night in the small forest. We were 14-15 years old girls. There was a bonfire place about 100 meter from my house, where we put up the tent. The ground is packed tight and has this hollow sound when you walk on it. The tent was big for three and kind of round. So it would be hard for someone to reach the top without collapsing on the tent wall. And it was an old tent and the fabric was quite rotten. It did not rain that night. We did not bring any food or food equipment, except candy that we had inside the tent. What happened, we sat up gossiping and eating candy until midnight. When we tried to sleep, we heard hooves walking beside the tent. We laid still listening, pretty sure there were curious roe deers. But it was also this rattling sound of metal that seemed weird. Not like tin cans, but just like night armor sound from movies. Suddenly it started to blow up with strong wind and we started talking to ease the atmosphere. The hooves and metal sound reminded me of a knight on a horse. Then my one friend said that sounds like two knights. We brushed it off as roe deers, but we never heard them leave. We kept talking when suddenly the wind ripped open a huge gash in the middle of the tent roof, right above me, and strong light, can only describe it as a lightning came through the opening. We screamed and the wind stopped and the light disappeared as quickly as it came. We didn't hear anything around us, it was dead silence. No sound of footsteps or hooves, no sound of helicopter or anything. We just looked at each other and panicked out of the tent and run to my place for the rest of the night. Went back next morning and took down the tent and looked around found nothing that could help us figure out what happened. We did not drink or take drugs that night. My parents slept, so it couldn't be the messing with us. I've been much around in this little forest in my teens.
Never experienced weird things before or after. In the aftermath, we nervously landed on some kind of rare lightning and rode deers with one foot in a metal can. But we didn't believe that either. One year ago this weekend I took a solo backpacking trip to the Otter Creek Wilderness in West Virginia. Plan was for 16 mile loop over one night. Due to impassable river I put camp up about a mile in. Beautiful spot with campsites along river, wonderful weather. I hung out, hiked around and enjoyed the solitude. I had not and did not see another person since entering the forest roads. Mid-afternoon I decide to lay down in the tent and just relax slash nap. I'm awoken after about 45 minutes. By the sound of a metallic clattering. Closest description, take a round fire pit or large grill grate and drop it on its side. And it's close. Of course I assume other people. Nothing. No sign of anyone anywhere and nothing in the area that could have accounted for that sound. Curious and confused, I go about my day. Later, explored more, dinner, fire and enjoying the forest night. Around 9.30 I heard a distinct single knock come from the hillside above me. As I turned to shine flashlight in that direction and saw nothing, another single knock came from over my left shoulder, closer to the river. I don't think it was a cross river as it was pretty clear. Suddenly feeling not alone, I packed up and headed out. Slept in my truck with no other issues. I'm well aware of knocking reports. Anyone have anything similar to the metallic sound experience? It was a Saturday night and I was hanging out at the bar with my friends having a great time. We were all talking about how our lives have been since we last saw each other a few years ago. They all told me how they got some boring good paying jobs but I'm right where I want to be at. I do photography and fell in love with it when I was a kid. It took me a few years to get above average pay which was a pain but I still love what I do. We all exchanged numbers later that night and left. Walking to my car I got a text from my boss about a new project he wants me to do. The theme was nature and I was lucky since my house is right next to a forest. I responded that I was down to do this project. It was really late at night around 2 a.m. and I decided to go into my backyard and see where I will be going tomorrow. Draco, my four-year-old lad, was barking and whining to go outside. I got some food for him so we could relax in the backyard. I was on my phone scrolling through my social media apps minding my own business until Draco began to viciously bark towards the woods. Draco, come over here. I yelled out he ran back towards me quick as a rabbit. I could tell he was in fear of what he had seen I began to comfort him and investigated the woods to see if I could see what was scaring him. All I saw were six bright white dots looking toward me but I couldn't make out what it was. It must have been the raccoons. They're always out by my house in the woods. I shouted out to the things to go away but they did not budge. Draco and I went back inside and I kept a close eye on the woods the whole way. We went to bed because it was late and I had to see my boss in the afternoon. 
I woke up and looked around because I had an ugly sense that someone was watching me. I looked at Draco and he had a dead stare looking out the window. I slowly turned my head towards the door to see the same bright white dots but I could make out that they were the eyes of some creature, not a raccoon, but something else. They slowly started to fade away into the darkness. I turned to the other side of my bed and saw them right in front of me. They looked like tall humans but it was too dark to see any other details. They suddenly jumped at me and that's when I woke up. This is all just a terrible nightmare. I brushed it off and went to go feed Draco before I left to see my boss. For some odd reason, Draco would just stare at the woods for a few good minutes then just go back to laying down. I couldn't investigate because of time so I laughed and made my way to work. My boss Derek told me to meet him at a coffee shop near my house so we could talk about what he wanted some pictures of. I need you to get some good shots of our forest. I know you live in one basically so this shouldn't be hard, he said. I left and went to go get ready for the job. I had to stop at a store to get the right lens for this job in particular. Hopefully, the nighttime shot can be quick because I don't feel safe going in there alone. By the time I found the right lens, it was already 5pm and daytime began to fall into the night. The sunset looked amazing so I snapped a shot. On my way home I was wondering how Draco was doing. I mean why would he keep staring outside for a few minutes before laying down? Was there someone out there? When I got home Draco was sleeping and it seemed as if everything was the same as I had left it. I let Draco outside and I went to take some shots of the forest before nighttime hit. I got a good 30 pictures and of just random things and decided to take good ones tomorrow with more sunlight. Since it was already nighttime I decided to take the night pictures today to get them over with. I had a fear of stepping in the woods ever since I had that nightmare last night but it was my job and I needed to get it done quickly. I went back to the house to let Draco inside and to get my other lens for the night shots. It was 8pm and the light of the sun disappeared while night struck the sky. The stars were out and I had to get a good angle with the trees and have the stars in the background. I walked a little further and saw a trail leading down. I went over and noticed it led to a massive cave. It was dark and the only source of light that I had was the flashlight from my phone. I flashed over to the cave to see if I could see anything before I went inside. I wanted to look around first. As I was walking away I heard the sound of something moving inside the cave. It sounded as if it was getting closer and trying to leave the cave I did not want to know what was coming up from inside so I ran down the trail to where the campers are normally. When I got there I went up to the man I see every day. Hey, I know you don't know me but do you know about that cave back there down the trail? I said to him, out of breath waiting for a response. What do you want to know about it? He asked very confusedly. I work for a photography company and I want to take some pictures inside there. But I heard something moving around. Do you know anything about it? I asked him. If you're going in there for some pictures then you might as well take your death photo while you're at it, he said, seeming mad. I just shrugged and went back to the cave to take a few pictures and leave. 
On my way there I tripped on something and fell over. I turned my flashlight on to see what I had stepped on. It was a large footprint. It had to be roughly 20 inches long it led to the cave along with several other footprints. I knew there was something big and I had to get a picture of it. I made my way to the cave entrance. Inside it was dark and silent. Just the beat of my heart echoed through the large cave. I took a single picture with a flash on. I checked the picture and put the exposure up to see where the next entry will be. I went to the opening on the right and took another picture and did the same as the last time. When I checked the picture I saw the bright white eyes and when I put the exposure up I could see humanoid figures standing there watching me. I looked into the darkness and they were standing right in front of me. I had to look up at them and I didn't move a single muscle. Something behind them fell down. The sound of rocks falling over. The eyes turned around and behind them were more bright white eyes popping out of nowhere. I went back to where I came from until I saw the dim light from outside. When I made it out I ran straight to my house and called my boss immediately. I sent him the picture and he was in shock at what I got a hold of. I work as a ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona, and let me tell you, it's an incredible job. Not only do I get to witness the breathtaking beauty of nature, but I also have the opportunity to meet fascinating people from all walks of life. The park management takes great care of our accommodations, ensuring that our rooms and stations are comfortable and well-maintained. They even renovate them every year before the massive tourist rush. And the meals they provide are not only delicious but also fulfilling. I genuinely love my job. You may be aware that the Grand Canyon National Park shares a boundary with the Navajo region. As I patrol that side of the park, visitors often ask me if I've had any strange experiences or if the Navajo people are spooky. According to our training sessions and briefings, the Navajo prefer to keep to themselves, which is why I haven't encountered them near the park. Or at least, I hadn't until the other day. It happened when I saw an older Navajo man, around 70 years old, near the park. He had a hunched back and was dressed in the typical Native American attire. Curious and concerned, I approached him and asked if he needed any assistance with navigation. He appeared lost. But as soon as I spoke, his eyes opened wide, and he grabbed my hands with an unexpectedly strong grip that even caused me some discomfort. I didn't expect the old man to possess such strength. With a firm hold on my hands, he pulled me closer, so we were staring directly into each other's eyes. His voice became hushed, and he spoke in a mysterious tone. He informed me that he had been searching for me since that morning and had only just found me. Bewildered, I asked if I knew him, but he dismissed that question as irrelevant. What he said next sent chills down my spine. He claimed he was seeking me out to warn me about my impending death. I was left speechless, unable to comprehend what he was saying. I repeatedly asked him who he was, trying to make sense of the situation. At that moment, I thought he must be delusional, given his age and the fantastical nature of his words. 
I shrugged off his warning and decided to guide him back to the gate that led to the Navajo region. As we approached the gate, I noticed some other Native Americans waiting for the old man. To my surprise, as soon as they saw him with me, they rushed toward us and swiftly whisked the old man away. Their speed and urgency made me wonder what was really going on. I watched them disappear into the distance and return to my daily duties, dismissing the encounter as an eccentricity of the old man. The rest of the day was uneventful, except for helping a couple who had lost their child in the park. Thankfully, we located the child after a thorough search. After sunset, I went back to my unit, took a break, ate some food, and tried to relax. I was lying on my bed, engrossed in a book when I heard a distant shriek. Although faint, it caught my attention, and I instinctively turned towards my radio, anticipating a message about the sound. But the radio remained silent. I waited for a few more moments, but there was no response. Shrugging it off as perhaps a trick of the wind, I returned to my reading. However, the same sound echoed through the night, this time louder and closer. Without hesitation, I sprang to my feet, already preparing myself for action. I thought maybe I was the only one who heard it, which seemed strange. Leaving my firearm behind, I rushed outside, following the direction from which the sound seemed to originate. It was a dark night, and the silence intensified the rustling noises that came from a distance. The shriek echoed once again, this time sounding like an injured animal in distress. I proceeded cautiously, moving slowly toward the source of the sound. As I neared the spot, my heart raced, and a chill ran down my spine. Something emerged from behind a tree, and I struggled to find words to describe what I saw. It was a figure, bent down on all fours, growling with drool dripping from its mouth. Instinctively, I reached for my flashlight and directed its beam toward the creature. What I saw in that moment sent shivers through my entire being. The creature hissed and locked its black, menacing eyes onto mine. Its gaze pierced through me, leaving me paralyzed with fear. I turned on my heels and sprinted back toward the safety of the ranger station. Panic consumed me as I realized I had left my firearm inside, but there was no time to retrieve it. The only thought on my mind was reaching the station and securing myself inside. I barged into the station, slamming the door shut behind me. I made my way to the security room and quickly checked the surveillance cameras. One of the cameras focused on the area outside the station, and to my horror, it revealed the creature chewing on something. I couldn't make out the details, but its inhuman actions sent to shiver down my spine. I remained inside the station, glued to the monitors, until the creature disappeared from sight, moving away on all fours. Only then did I double-check all the cameras to ensure it was truly gone. Feeling a mix of relief and lingering unease, I stepped outside and hurried straight to my room, locking the door behind me. The following day, I gathered the other rangers and shared the harrowing experience with them. We reviewed the recordings from the previous night, and their reactions mirrored my own fear and disbelief. From that moment on, 
We became extra vigilant during our shifts, especially during the night. However, the creature never made another appearance, leaving us to question the nature of what we had encountered. But what haunted me even more was the memory of the old man who had borne me. His words echoed in my mind, refusing to fade away. Had he known about the creature? Was there any truth to the stories he had shared? I couldn't shake off the sense of foreboding that lingered within me. Now, as a ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park, I remain on high alert, keeping a watchful eye on the surrounding wilderness. The beauty of the park continues to captivate visitors, but deep within me, I know that there are mysteries and dangers lurking just beyond the veil of its majestic landscapes. And as I continue my duties, I hold on to the memory of that encounter, a constant reminder to stay vigilant and respect the unknown forces that may dwell within the shadows of the Grand Canyon. I'm choosing to remain anonymous for this account. I was driving eastbound on Pleasant Hill Road, about one and a half miles west of Highway 164 in Richfield when something caught my attention on the side of the road. Curiosity peaked, I decided to slow down and take a closer look. I stepped out of my car, shining my flashlight into the darkness, and that's when I noticed something in the trees. Two large eyes were staring back at me, positioned high above the ground. It took me a few seconds to trace those eyes down to what appeared to be legs. The creature stood there motionless, illuminated by the light reflecting off its eyes. As I observed the figure, I couldn't help but notice its towering height, well over seven feet. It was covered in fine hair and had long arms and proportionally large legs. The creature stood upright like a person but had the legs of a dog. Strangely, there was no sound at all, just complete silence surrounding this enigmatic thing. After observing it for several seconds, I returned to my car and drove off, fully convinced of what I had just witnessed. I can say with 100% certainty that it was not a bear or anything similar. Having encountered bears during my off-duty bear hunting excursions, I was familiar with their appearance. This creature had a distinct canine-like resemblance that set it apart. The area where this incident occurred is known for unexplained sounds, including peculiar cries and screams emanating from the forest. Interestingly, a close friend of mine also reported seeing two large figures with fur in the same vicinity. These figures were standing near a tree on the south side of the road, close to the shoulder. The road in that area is curvy, and my friend noticed I shine from these figures. He estimates that he observed them for about three seconds as his headlights illuminated the scene. He, too, is absolutely certain that he witnessed something unusual. Overwhelmed by the experience, he immediately called me while still driving. Around 45 minutes after his call, I joined him and we returned to the site. We brought our dog along, but every time we approached the area where the sighting occurred, our dog started whimpering and refused to go any closer. As we neared the spot, something suddenly startled us from behind. A loud growl emerged from a single location next to the road, 
then moved into the nearby trees, where it seemed like two animals were engaged in a fierce fight for about five seconds. We were taken aback by these disturbing sounds. It felt as though the creature or creatures were displaying aggression. We decided not to proceed further and stood there for a while, listening to the eerie silence of the woods. Realizing that we needed to leave the area swiftly, we quickly got back into our vehicle and drove away at top speed, making sure we were out of the vicinity in case any more disturbances occurred. I called my friend as we sped down the road, seeking solace in the fact that the noises had ceased. I appreciate you taking the time to read this lengthy account. I wanted to ensure that you had all the information necessary to understand our experiences. I was a mountain guide in southern Colorado last year. One mountain is notorious for the baby doll man. High in elevation, pretty deep in the backcountry is this parcel of private land that our company passes close by on the way to summit this particular mountain. All in the property there are baby dolls hanging from nooses, impaled doll heads on pikes, and random doll limbs stacked in piles. One of my guide friends tells this story. One week he was hiking with a particular group that happened to be really slow. He was indeed leading them up Baby Doll Mountain. Since this group was so slow they had barely made it to the usual campsite that we take them to before the summit attempt early the next morning. By this time the sun was setting. So my friend decided to camp with the group further down the trail pretty close to the Baby Doll Man's house. On summit day morning he wakes up at 4 a.m. because that's how early you need to get up to summit a mountain with slow people, it is pitch black, and he shines his headlight around his tent. The tent is outlined with baby doll parts. This one night my senior year after homecoming I decided to stay at one of my friend's house. Including me there was about five other people there. We usually would mess around with the spirit box or whatever because we were bored high schoolers in the Appalachian Mountains what else were we supposed to do? We messed around with it for a while then my friend had an idea to play with an Ouija board while the others were just chilling on the bed. We weren't getting any results by playing around with it so we stopped and went back to the spirit box. My father died a few years back and the spirit box said his name then powered itself off. Me and my friends were in shock of course so we decided to call it quits for the night. About an hour passed and my friend had to go outside to go feed his chickens. When he went outside we heard some tapping on the window so we thought it was him playing a joke on us. So we sent our other friend outside to check on him then the tapping began again. At this point we were like wow so funny guys. Thinking they both were in on it. Then we heard walking upstairs, we were in the basement of the house, which was weird because no one was there other than my friends in the basement and the two outside. Suddenly the two who were outside bursted inside. The friend who went out first was a pretty big guy who never got scared by anything. His face was completely pale like he had seen a ghost so we were like what the hell happened? Apparently when he was outside feeding his chickens he heard something walking in the woods. At first he thought it was a deer or maybe some other animal. 
but when he went inside the chicken house apparently he heard someone whisper please help me, in an airy and deep struggling voice. My friends who were in the basement decided to go back outside with him just to check if there was anyone on the property so obviously they went outside with guns because we're county bumpkins. I decided to stay inside because it was colder than a witch's tit outside. I was sitting in my friend's computer chair just chilling when suddenly it sounded like someone was running around upstairs. Hell it was everywhere it even sounded like it was in the walls at one point. So I ran like hell outside barefoot in like 30 degree weather. I found the guys by the chicken coop and asked if they were pranking me and explained what happened. But all of them had been outside it was just unexplainable. We only used the Ouija board for a few minutes but there was just something off. Especially since things were happening outside the house and inside. I've been thinking about posting this for a while. Has anyone else had a similar experience? One of my old drinking buddies back home was the token hunter of our group, a great dude who always had stories. One day he shows up to a party looking kind of spooked, so we ask him what's wrong. Apparently him and his hunting buddy were a few kilometers away from their truck, just enjoying the hike through the gorgeous Alberta wilderness. They had their deer tags and were just out enjoying the process. After a few hours of unsuccessfully searching for deer, they turned around and headed back, following their own tracks in, to get out. Turns out that there were fresh mountain lion tracks, that started almost immediately from the truck and followed their footsteps the entire way into the bush. They had been followed by a mountain lion the minute they got out of the truck, and had no idea. He had said that it wasn't uncommon to see mountain lion tracks, but apparently something about being the singular focus of one for so many hours had the two completely spooked. I get it man, that's some apex predator nonsense that I want no part of. I went on a small trek with a couple of my friends in dense forest and while coming back down it was dark already. As we walked down the mountain we used our torch which was almost dying. So in midway we heard some noise in trees but we didn't see any animal there. We thought there may be monkeys hovering upon trees and do we decided to make loud noise with some metal stuff we had as the monkeys won't come near. Now an hour passed we were almost down the mountain, still we could hear noises in trees but no sight of any animals. As we reached down there was a small temple with dim light where we decided to rest as we felt safe. Now the forest part was over and there was huge barren farmland with clear sight, no trees around and we had to walk 2 kilometer more to reach our car. After 15 minutes of rest we decided to go ahead. As we stepped out of the temple we saw two huge black bears passing by, they were barely 7 to 8 feet away from us. They followed us all the way down the mountain and luckily they went on the other direction. We ran the shit out of there until we reached our car. Hiking in Big Bend National Park on a super remote trail on the east side of the park. I was completely alone and there was absolutely no ranger station or civilization for at least 30 miles. 
As I approach the seventh mile of a 14-mile trail, I stop and take in the scenery. Due to the remoteness of Big Bend and being in the low desert at noon, it was completely silent. As I'm approaching a large canyon, pictured below, I get a hunch. I always hike alone and I'm a little paranoid so I always try to be aware of my surroundings. As I stop, I hear a giant noise that I can only describe as a roar and lion scream combined into one sound. It seemed to be lower in the canyon, but it echoed through the silence. I was pretty sleep deprived, so I brushed it off as a hallucination or something. Then I hear it again, this time it was loud and it seemed to be right up the trail. I get that fight or flight response, sweaty palms, dry mouth, shaking. My biggest fear is a mountain lion and I was afraid that I had messed up going on this trail alone. As I was in my stance, I just screamed I am not scared of you bitch as loud as I could. After a couple of screams, a creature appears up the trail. It was a wild burrow, left by old settlers, he hung its way down the canyon wall. It just looked at me for a second and kept going. Now this is something I really want to talk about to be sure that everyone is cautious and stays level-headed at all times. Now for context, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It was an old town that had quite a few abandoned buildings due to absence of residents. Me and many friends were tired of the lack of entertainment options for us, so what we did was explore these abandoned buildings. Prior to the experience I am about to talk about, we never had anything too crazy happen to us. Occasionally we'd see a small bit of blood-like liquid and we did see a pentagram on the ground from someone who went to a house previously, but nothing too bad. Until the last time I had gone exploring abandoned buildings. Now when I was younger I used to go to a daycare that was part mental hospital. Weird combination I know. It closed down due to a lack of patience and lack of children at the daycare. I decided to go back there with my friends a few years ago. For context I was 15 when this happened, most of my friends were the same age. When we did get there it was rather cliche. There was fog, it was rather dark and there was a light drizzle of rain. We went to the main gate which was padlocked shut. We decided to help each other hop over it and made a ton of noise. We were laughing and giggling the whole time, unsuspecting of what was to come. We looked around the small play place slash park with flashlights we had on our person. Even with our somewhat powerful flashlights our visibility was rather limited. We decided to enter the decaying building. Glass and dirt crunched under our feet as we stepped into the daycare section of the complex. There were still old Legos, with chips from previous furniture, old torn dolls and toys strewn about. The further we walked around the daycare section, we naturally became more and more silent, until all we could hear was the crunch of the dirt under our feet. I found some crayons in a plastic container in the corner of the room. I walked over to pick them up when all of a sudden we heard a loud crash coming from behind a metal door leading to the psych ward part of the building. My friends and I all looked at each other. As a whole, we were a group of five, most of them were very bold and cocky. 
We all looked at each other when my friend Brian suggested we go and look to see where the sound came from. Personally I was not too fond of the idea, but with my group of friends there was no way anyone was going to decline such a thing. We all stacked up on the door and opened it. It was rusted to the floor and we heaved to get it open. As we walked in, the metallic smells and must became stronger. With a hint of something else which I couldn't put my finger on at that moment. We walked in, our flashlights pointed in every direction with Brian leading the group. The hallways were tight and to the left and right were the occasional metal doorway, some with doors open. I felt slightly claustrophobic and it felt a little hard to breathe. As we continued, Brian shone his flashlight into a room and recoiled. We all stopped walking as Brian slowly entered the room. What is it? I asked him. I thought I saw someone here. It seems all fine now. To be honest I thought he was just messing with us to increase our anxiety. But looking back I think he was completely honest. He backed out of the room and we continued walking deeper into the psych ward. When another friend swiftly told us to stop. We came to a halt and all listened. In the distance ahead of us we heard the subtle pitter-patter of footsteps echo through the hallway. We all looked at each other, fear in each of our eyes. Brian continued walking toward the sounds, we considered turning back for a second without Brian, wondering if some ghost or something was in the building. But we couldn't do that to him. The closer we got the more I felt like I was being watched. When finally we entered a room on the right which had the smell of rotting meat. In front of us was a dead deer. Its innards were spilled all over the floor staining the concrete. A friend of mine had a very weak stomach and vomited all over the floor. That's when we heard whispering from somewhere. Brian shone his flashlight to the corner of the room where a man with short hair was standing with his head down. He wore a bright green t-shirt stained with what I assume was blood, and torn beige pants. He did not have any socks and his feet seemed damaged. He was twitching sporadically and continued to mumble even after we saw him. We stared at him for a solid 30 seconds before he made his first true movement. He looked up at us with a haunting grin that sent shivers down our spine. You guys here for the feast? He said each word with varying inflection and energy. This kicked us over the edge and we bolted out of that room all the way back to the daycare center. The door was still open and we decided to try and slam it shut, but the rust and pure weight of the door almost kept it open. It took three of us pulling with all of our strength to close it. And just before we did I could still see the silhouette of the man watching us his white teeth being the only other human feature I could see. As we sat behind the metal door catching our breath for a second all looking at each for confirmation that we all saw the same thing. After a little bit of labored breathing from each of us, we heard a light tapping on the door. That's when we decided that it was time to leave. We booked it out of the vicinity completely and ran home. A year after we visited that spot, Police went back to do a routine search of the area and found the man. It was stated that this guy used to go to the psych ward before it closed down. He escaped the facility he was transferred to and lived off of the wildlife around the complex. When the cops brought him in, 
he had a series of diseases and sickness from eating raw meat. His mental condition was much worse than before. There were future rumors that he did kill someone in the forest while searching for food, but nothing has been confirmed. In the end, guys, be careful, especially in dangerous areas such as abandoned buildings.